0: Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Elise Carmichael. As Lakeside's Chief Technology Officer, Elise is responsible for building and delivering the next generation of digital employee experience solutions. She has over 20 years of experience working with enterprise organizations on high-tech, big data, and machine learning products. Before joining Lakeside, Elise held senior technology and product leadership roles at Functionized, Tricentis, QA Symphony, and Mobiquity throughout the last 10 years. Elise founded a non-for-profit in Florida to encourage more women and minorities to enter and stay employed in high-tech fields. She studied computer science and music at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Welcome to the show, Elise. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: Thank you for having me, Jennifer.
0: Sure. So let's get started. So Elise, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the CTO today at a company called Lakeside Software. We make software called Digital Employee Experience Software, Mm -hmm. meant to help a company's uh employee experience with how they use their computers um but I've I've had a bit of a career you know I've been doing this uh 20 some odd years um I started out wanting to study computers and music uh where I would do music by night and because that was so fun but made no money I would do computers by day Um, (laughs) So music by night, computers by day. Um, and I was very fortunate. I grew up in the 80s and 90s and um, actually had Ataris and Commodores and lots of computers in the house when I was mm-hmm. young. Um, my mom actually studied math and computer science at University of Illinois, and she worked with punch cards. So it was a very normal thing for a woman to go into technology in my family.
0: That's very uh, nice.
1: Yeah, so I studied CS and music in college and um, kind of followed that path. Um, so I knew very early in high school that this is what I wanted to do, but then I met a boy, um, and followed him to Gainesville, Florida. Um, Mm -hmm. I grew up in North Carolina and Gainesville isn't exactly known as a tech hub, or at least it wasn't then (laughs) it it maybe is now. Um, and I turned down several offers to, to come here. So I already started off by not really putting my career first, um, Mm -hmm. for for better or for worse. Um, but I did find a job. I worked at, um, a blood banking company, um, as a software engineer and tester, and got promoted within three months of my very first full-time job after college to a test lead. Um, So I managed a team of like four or five people, um, some of whom were significantly older than me, who I'm still friends with. Um, (laughs) And I was very much out of my comfort zone from, from day one, but I liked it. And the reason they promoted me was I had, I guess, a knack for um, kind of translating the technical details about what we were doing and why into um, language that a manager could understand, um, even though he wasn't technical at all.
0: Mm -hmm. So I love that your mom had, you know, a background in computers because, um, you know, I grew up in the 670s and there was just nobody like I was, my kids were the only kids in school that said, you know, yes, i I can learn about computers at home because my mom does computers, but nobody else was able to say that. So I think um, your mom was really ahead of her time
1: absolutely, absolutely. And you know we we got the uh, commodore sixty four magazine,
0: um, mm-hmm. and it
1: came every month. and you it, it came with these pages um, that were two columns per page, and they had just numbers in Mm -hmm. the columns and if you type them all into this program you would get some sort of application at the end and (laughs) i thought this was just the most magical thing i'd ever experienced and i would sit there as like i don't know a seven-year-old eight-year-old um and just sit there and type on i'm very good at the number pad now (laughs) i just sit (laughs) yeah i I sit and type these numbers and get like a word processor at the end or a basketball game there's a game called basketball ed if anyone's ever remembered that i thought was i had no idea and it would tell me at the end of every row. If I was right or not, and mm-hmm. I I couldn't fathom at the time how that worked. Obviously now I know it's some sort of hash um, mm-hmm. calculation, but I just thought that was the coolest
0: thing, um, and so that that really led me into this this career path, so to speak. Nice, very nice. Um, I love that you know you started at an early age with that interest because right now we really need to be influencing girls eight to thirteen because you know. There's not enough women in tech, as you know. So, as you know, women are leaving the workforce in droves. What do you think? Why do you think that's happening?
1: Yes, yeah, so I've actually spent some time studying this. i um, oh, I started okay. um a women in tech um, nonprofit in Gainesville, where I live, uh, a comp- or a nonprofit called We Advance Tech Together or what? Mm. And I liked giving talks uh, to folks locally or within the region about, you know, the, the state of the industry, so to speak, um, especially in terms of women in technology. And, you know, it it was really interesting because not only are women leaving, they're leaving technology at a higher rate than other careers. So it's not Mm -hmm. just, you know, someone gets pregnant and they have a baby and they leave. Um, it, it really is just more. And my thoughts are, it's very, it can be very stressful and very much a, a, bro club. Honestly, you, you join a company and you're the only woman uh, mm-hmm. there. And unless the, the company is welcoming, then you know it's it's really hard to fit in. I've seen this time and time again um, mm-hmm. with people that I know. Um, and I've seen all kinds of discrimination, especially with countries that are not the U.S. I've seen a lot less in the U.S., um, but you start working with people overseas and they will flat out tell you that you know, oh, you're a woman, you can do this or that, or can't do this or that. And I've experienced that lots of times myself.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. It would be interesting to see, you know, where we are more advanced than other countries and where not, because, you know, I have uh, guests from all over the world, and sometimes I feel like India and some other countries are more advanced than us with women in tech, um, and they don't question, you know if you're a woman and you just do tech. Um but then there are other countries, like you said, that are so far behind. so any any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that's absolutely it. And a lot of it's cultural. So e- even in India, I spent about a month out there one time, and I was um, working at a company called Mobiquity that did uh, professional services for mm-hmm. um, you know mobile technologies. And I had this role where I was, onboarding new software testers and new engineers and sort of teaching them how to work in a company, work on a team, Mm -hmm. how to use the Mm -hmm. tools. And they were all quote unquote freshers, like straight out of college first year. And there was a very stark difference between how the men worked and how the women worked um, in mm-hmm. terms of hours they could work. Um, so the woman had to go home early. They had to cook mm-hmm. dinner for the their spouse if they had one. Um, and they were absolutely, that was the obligation. Um, they weren't mm-hmm. expected to be out late, but the men could all stay late and work extra.
0: That's very true. And that's that's here in the U.S. as well. It seems like, you know, the woman has to go home and take care of the kids and make sure the home is taken care of. Whereas a man can travel, he can, you know, his schedule is his, you know, whereas a woman's schedule is not always hers.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I really think that um, there's this big difference in terms of guilt and guilt we apply mm-hmm. on each other and ourselves. And I I certainly felt this when I um, actually at that company. Um, I had my daughter shortly before I started there and I wanted to leave to pick her up from, from preschool every day. And I started uh, working a little later and I had someone else pick her up. And I started getting this just incredible guilt and my mother guilted me and my friends Mm -hmm. guilted me. How can you do that? Don't you feel terrible? But my husband, he didn't get any of that. It wasn't like expected that he would go pick them up from school and, you know, spend all this extra Mm -hmm. time with them. And I, you know, I still get that uh, to this day. I travel too much. I work too much. But you know what? I'm teaching uh, my daughter that that's totally fine. We spend quality time together
0: and it's no different than her dad. No, that's very good, very good. And it's so important for us to start that that type of environment early on so they see it and they understand it. Now, it's interesting because I always took my kids to the bus stop, make sure they got on the bus before I went to work, and I had to go downtown. This was many years ago. And um, I would always end up at meetings late and I would have to walk in And I would get the stares and the, you know, like, why are you here late? Can't you show up on time? It wasn't. And they knew I already communicated with them that this was going to be the schedule. But it was so much guilt on my part, you know, but I I did it for the kids. But I also got it from work, you know, the other side. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting. So what are some ways that tech companies can be more inclusive of women?
1: You know, I think this is a it's a very difficult question. You know, there's a lot of DEI groups um, Mm -hmm. to be more inclusive of everyone in general, and I think awareness that you know what there's a lot of groups that are not in the majority. Not everyone wants to hear about sports or about you know the weekend on the golf course. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. they do, and you have to read the room a little bit more, right? Right. Um, And just be more inclusive in general. I think that's that's a big way to to just make sure everyone feels welcome. I I know a ton of stories. I I have a friend that, you know, started a new company. She's the only woman there and she's like, no one invited me to lunch, you know, and Mm -hmm. she felt really left out. And I don't know, you know, it's it's some, in some ways it's a little bit normal, but she said someone else started and they invited him to lunch. Mm
0: -hmm. So little
1: things like that I think
0: would go a long way. Yeah. 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 And you need champions and somebody who's going to have your back and somebody that needs that that can have your voice, right? Because we need those allies within organizations to help lift us up.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I had um, one person join my team one time and they said, because they would report to a manager who was a woman, and they've never reported to a manager that was a woman, and they said that was just a big selling point, that alone. And it's not, you know, if if everything were 50-50, it feels like almost a silly reason, and you can look at these things from, you know, a thousand different directions, but um, it's nice to have someone in that position that, you know, is like you in
0: some way that you can look Mm -hmm. up to and say, you Mm -hmm. know what, they
1: did it, I can do it. I'm not going to,
0: you know, I can see that the company is accepting. Yeah, and I've had, you know, all throughout my career, many people who have joined our organization that said that, you know, we really wanted a woman leader, and that's why we wanted to join this organization. And I love that, you know, at least they have that option. (laughs) So it's it's awesome. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I really believe that we need to always – lift each other up as women. Um, And what are some of the ways we can empower women in tech so that we are their allies rather than against them? Because a lot of times I will hear stories about, you know, women are not really helping other women uh, grow within the tech industry, and we desperately need that.
1: Absolutely. I I mean, I think there's a couple of ways depending on where you are, um, in, in life. So one big one is we just need more women to get into the field to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, we're, we're greatly outnumbered and it's not really improving and hasn't in quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, so getting more kids involved, or I, I taught a, um, Uh, mostly women's robotics team, you know, middle school robotics, just to get people exposed to it and say, look, there's women that do this and you can do this too. And it doesn't just have to be boys robotics team. So that's one way, but another one in the workforce is about recruiting and networking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a fantastic uh, Facebook group called women in product, and it's an enormous group of, you know, thousands and thousands of people who do this and are in tech. A lot of them have engineering backgrounds or they work on software. Mm-hmm. And that has been an invaluable group in my career from learning and growing. Um, but there's a lot of networking and, you know, groups that kind of spin off of that. There's an executive one, uh, that I really and like being
0: helped from that group. Oh, many times, many good. times. Good. Very good. So, um, So that's, that's amazing that that women in product group, I would love to look, look into that because I did not know about that group. Um, So that's really great. And anytime we can, you know, I I encourage women to lift other women up um, so that we can grow this tech industry with more women. We need that diversity. We need that thought process. We need that uh, collaboration that women bring to the table. So I think it's really important for us to keep that top of mind.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree.
0: I always say, this is kind of funny, is like there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, you know, I, I've seen a little bit of, you know, putting people down, um, mm-hmm. in organizations and I, it hasn't been as, as widespread as I, I maybe thought it was. I think uh-huh. I've seen that in other, um, careers that I've had. I had a, a bit of an early life crisis where I wanted to go into medicine and there, the amount of drama and women putting mm-hmm. women down, I thought was just overwhelming, like really? making fun okay. of people who were, and you know, how they you know, did x, y, and Z. I thankfully haven't seen that as much in tech, but it's it's mm-hmm. certainly,
0: am. yeah, it's probably more quiet, but um it's there. So I know you touched on this a little bit. What are some of the challenges that women face in the tech industry? Is there one that you've seen over and over again?
1: Absolutely. You know, there's a couple that I that come to mind. Um, mm-hmm. One of them was when I was younger, <laughs> I got a lot of uh, "You're too young to know how to do that," mm-hmm. and being a young mo- woman, I feel like I encountered that a lot more. So I sort of aged out of that a little bit. Not that mm-hmm. old, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like I don't get that quite as as often My anymore. But that was definitely something that I um, found to be very challenging going into a new situation and coming in with a lot of experience because I, you know, knew what I was going to do from day one. So I kind of came out of the gates. Um, you know, I had a, a software job in, in uh, high school. But um, one of the other things. I still see to this day is I constantly have to prove myself to mm-hmm. new people mm-hmm. in a way that I don't see men having to do. So mm-hmm. for example, I went to the, the Gartner conference, um, uh, last year, uh, it was first time I'd been to that particular conference in Orlando and, that conference was full of CIOs and CTOs. That was like their main clientele for that conference is huge conference. Mm -hmm. And my company had a booth set up and, um, you know, people came by and, you know, saw demos and that was great. But I wanted to walk around and see what other people were doing. The target, you know, I was like the target audience for this conference. So I started walking around to booths and everyone's like, well, are you in HR or are you in sales? Mm -hmm. No one said, are you in tech at your company despite Mm -hmm. it being a tech conference. And Very then true. when I would right. And then I would tell them what I did. You know, I'm the CTO at Lakeside and they'd go, Oh, wow. Well, wow, congratulations. And the reaction was absolutely not with what they would say to a man. Not mm-hmm. not even close. And some went so far as like an immediate like, Wow, congratulations. Would you be willing to talk to my daughter? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just kind of um shocking to get Mm -hmm. so many of those comments that were so consistent. It wasn't like I was there because I was an expert at what I did. It was because, ah,
0: you're a woman. So let's talk about that. Wow. Wow. That is just really, really wrong. And I know, um, you know, it's like when we went to, I own my own business for 32 years and I'd be out there and it was a fairly sizable business you know we had a lot of employees and uh, over 50 employees and a good size business but every time I'd be at a party and nobody would ever ask me what I did but men and men would always talk about what they did and then I would ask them what they did and then they they would say the same thing to me and I would say oh I own my own business and they immediately thought it was like a mom-and-pop shop that I did from home selling Avon or you know something like that and it was just so disheartening that they didn't put me on the same playing field as them even though I was more successful than what they were doing so it was really interesting
1: Hundred percent. I experience that with my husband all the time. Granted, he mm-hmm. is also in the in the technical field, and mm-hmm. he has a much more exciting sounding job than I have. But before people even ask, they they never ask me. I just sit mm-hmm. there and enjoy the conversation, even when the other person's
0: in tech or they're looking oh. for a job.
1: I just sit there until until it comes up because, yep. you know, no one will ask otherwise.
0: No, that's so true, and we don't have the same egos, so we don't care and we don't really bring it up as much, but really it's it's disheartening to see that, you know, we are now in this age and we're still struggling through that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, Elise, what has been your biggest challenge and how have you overcome it? Can you think of one or two instances that were like big challenges for you and what did you do to overcome it?
1: It's a really hard question. Um, I have a habit of taking on jobs mm-hmm. or roles that I feel completely out of place for. You know, things mm-hmm. that maybe I can learn, but I find mm-hmm. that to be um, kind of a challenge that I like taking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of those, uh, again, at that company, Mobiquity that I worked at, this um, was later acquired by Hexaware, um, I was hired to be kind of this new. Um, trainer of new software developers, um, uh-huh. and testers, and I had never taught a class. I had never done any kind of training. Um, it was very much out of my, my wheelhouse. And uh-huh. so learning to do that, um, I thought was, you know, quite a challenge. And then I took did over. You teach
0: yourself? Was,
1: did you teach yourself? You know, I watched, uh, I watched how other people did it. Um mm-hmm. I learned about, you know, creating learning objectives and goals. I mm-hmm. took on the style mm-hmm. of who was my boss at that time. Mm-hmm. Um and I liked his approach. I thought it was very fun. Um very, you know, heavy on quizzing people and getting them to do work themselves because they're professionals that were teaching, you know, they're they're this is their job. We were paying them Zero to does. do this. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So it was very fun to be able to to do that. It's very different than teaching like a high school or college because everyone is very engaged um, when they're there for work. It's a kind of a different different beast, so
0: to speak. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing that that you just you know, take on these new roles that are challenges because that's hard to do. That's like reinventing yourself each time and very impressive that you do it and then you come out and on the other end very successful. So great job with that. That's not easy. And I, I feel the same way. I'm like that too. It's like I can say yes to almost anything because I'll figure out a way to to figure out how to do it, right? It doesn't mean that I have to have, you know, years of experience in order to do it right, because I'll put the effort and the work into it. And I think you've done the same thing.
1: Absolutely. I think it's much more interesting that way to always keep things kind of one step ahead of your comfort zone.
0: I think it keeps keeps you on your toes. Keeps you learning. Yep. Yep. I love it so elise this is a selfish question where is the most favorite place that you have traveled to and why the reason i ask this is because i love to travel and so i add things to my bucket list (laughs) every time somebody has an amazing place that they talk about so uh what is your most favorite place that you've traveled to and why
1: oh gosh i've been very fortunate i've traveled a lot for work Um, so I've been a lot of places Um, but I think my favorite place is where I went uh, last summer with my sister-in-law we went to Iceland and it it was like being on another planet I'd never Mm. seen anything like it the hiking was spectacular Um, you know being able to you see ice floating around you see black sand beaches you can go stand on a glacier it's very deadly if you go in the water it can pull you right under and it, it was so empty. You know, the the population is, um, you know, the population of, you know, the, the small city I live in for the entire country. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. the size of the country is like the size of West Virginia. And I know it, it looks much bigger on a map, um, but it's actually very small because it's at the top of, it's at the top of a, you know, 2D map. So it's very stretched mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. I actually have what's called a Peters projection map um, in my mm-hmm. office that gives you the right relative size of countries. Um, and so it really makes you appreciate, you know, how enormous Africa is and how small, you know, Russia is compared
0: compared to what you think. That's amazing. Um, I have heard other people talk about Iceland too. So it's going on my list, definitely, because uh, lately, I would say in the last year or so, I've heard more people traveling to Iceland than ever before. Um, it's like the new, you know, it's like, right now i hear a lot of people wanting to go to portugal and um, i am going to plan to go there in october so it'll be it'll be fun so yeah that's great
1: wonderful where is your favorite place to visit um
0: i would say my favorite place was italy um just because we walked everywhere but then we had these meals that were three three course meals for every meal the portions were just perfect we ate anything we wanted and we still never gained an ounce. You know, I love that because we walked everywhere. The portions were right. And it was very, very um, awakening to to see when we came back to the United States, we went out to breakfast, my husband and I, and it was like the f- plates were falling over like potatoes are falling off the plate i'm thinking oh my god our portions are way 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 too big you know so i learned a lot i, I think italy definitely i love the atmosphere i love the culture um and i got to drink wine instead of water so i love that Love <laughs> love
1: that. I love that. yeah well I, yeah. I feel compelled to ask you about your background and your career
0: oh yeah i've um I've owned a IT training business for 32 years and um, we train Fortune 500 companies to uh, deploy new technology. So we have classroom space, we do it virtually, we do it you know, all different ways and customers are who pay our paychecks. So we're very, very focused on the customer experience, which is very, very important to me. And that's what ruled... Running my company for all those years for it to be successful. So, uh, thank you for asking. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. That, that was super interesting. I'd love to learn more.
0: Sure. Yes. We definitely have to have a cup of coffee sometime. <laughs> all right. So, this was so enjoyable, Elise. I really, really enjoyed our time together. And maybe we can have you on a future show sometime soon. Um, but in the meantime, can you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Easiest way is to just add me on LinkedIn and drop Mm -hmm. me a note that says something more than you're trying to
0: sell me something. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's great. (laughs) That's great. Well, definitely, we will put that in the notes as well for the for the show. And we look forward to having you again on the show. It was an honor. Thank you so much, Elise.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From
1: IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer
0: is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.